LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders, and welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every Monday. Now, I am joining you from New South Wales. It is Freedom Day today, and I am going to be heading out after this podcast record to go and visit a church. I am feeling free. I'm excited. It's going to be good to get out and go to a cafe. It's going to be good to go and visit a church. Uh, and see someone outside of my nuclear family whom I love, but I am looking forward to seeing other people. For now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Church Planning in Sydney. Now, I'm joined today by Lee and Cartha Murray. They planted established church six years ago, which is in the southern peninsula of, uh, of Sydney. Uh, some would call it a redneck wonderland. I'm sure that's not what Lee and Carthra would uh, call it. But welcome, Lee and Carthra, to the one thing. G'day, Scott. Redneck yeah. wonderland, definitely not. Um, <laughs> the Shire is God's country, mate. Apparently, uh, <laughs> but glad to be with you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Cronulla and the the Sutherland Shire? Yeah, yeah. So, like like you said, the the Sutherland Shire is like a a government area in the south of Sydney. Um, and Cronulla is a beachside suburb. It's the only beachside suburb attached by train. Um, and uh, it's probably got the biggest Sydney beaches, like about 11 kilometers, something like that. But the area itself um, has been largely classed as God's country. And I know that many places in Sydney are like that, but um, it's been classed as God's country because there's around about you know, like 37% of people still identify as being Roman Catholic, about 27% of people identify as being Anglican, and uh, there's two of the 237,000 people here, um, what that means is there's lots of people who probably know enough about Jesus um, to actually sidestep him. And uh, so being a Bible Belt, that's really all that it means, that somebody has got some connection um, to a church previously, but... Um, sadly, uh, that doesn't translate to um, actual people following Jesus and people attending church regularly, which is kind of like around about the 2% mark. So that, that. that's really helpful. It's not the Bible Belt of Sydney. That's more sort of seen often to be up in the hills, in the hills district. Uh, yeah. But it is it is got quite, got quite a solid buckle. But as you say, not many people um, going to church. So, so why plant there? You're an Irishman. Obviously, you you learned to swim. You know when you came to Australia. Uh, why you know why would you plant in 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 Cronulla? Given that there are other places around Australia that are, I guess, more needy, uh, more yeah. you know more you know less touched by the gospel. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because when we finally came to the point where we decided to uh, plant a church. Uh, we actually opened up the map of Australia and we were very open to God, praying and basically just going, hi, God, where, where are you leading us? And uh, we looked and basically we could have planted a church anywhere in Australia. And um, we had explored a couple of different places. We actually explored Manly and partly because we were expats uh, from the UK and we thought we might have had a connection there. And uh, through a conversation with another church planner, um, who basically told me I was being stupid for not considering Cronulla. 
Um, that was Toby Neal, by the way. Um, so thanks, Toby, for that. Um, I, it started to make us go, oh, yeah, right, okay. Well, we actually, we've lived here for um, a decent length of time. Uh, we really understand the culture here. We've got lots of connections with, with non-Christians, with businesses, with people and churches. And uh, we, you know, we owned a unit here or whatever, and we just went, why have we overlooked this? Like, like we, I think we thought that this would have been the easy place, um, easy in that sense. And uh, so we wanted to go and do the hard yards of power shooting in way back of whoop whoop or something like that. But, um, but in the end, God through a number of things um, just brought us to a point of going, now you know what, there's in Cronulla itself about 19,000 people here, about 16,500 people who um, are lost outside of Jesus. Um, it's the play center of the Shire. Um, it's where everybody goes to try and establish a life, either through fun or um, buying property or as they start off their career. And uh, lots of people are running towards that, um, but still ultimately lost outside of Jesus, which is why we kind of call the church established. Uh, you know, like we were saying, we want to establish the life that you were made for, and that's life with Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, we just felt a real affinity with that. And when we decided it, that when we went, we think this is what God is saying, it just kept on making more and more sense that this is where we'd plant. So, Lee, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, you grew up in the congregational church. Uh, as you mm. know, there's loads of congregational churches that are, that are in decline, you know, that need repotting, that need restarting. What made you yeah. decide to plant rather than go to one of those uh, churches? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't actually grow up in a congregational church. I became a Christian in a Prezi church. I'd been to a Baptist, Anglican church, whatever. But um, I had an uncle here who was a pastor of a congregational church, and I ended up becoming the youth pastor there. And um, through that process, I think I grew more and more um, convinced of the idea that we don't need to just plant churches, but we actually need to see um, networks and churches revitalized. But for, for us, as we looked at um, our church family and uh, our wider network, and particularly for me, um, I believed very much that one of the things that would possibly under God help see our network rejuvenating um, was through actually planting a church ourselves so that we could see more churches planted and that that might actually be a hub for maybe seeing some revitalization in our network and, and, and whatever else. And um, so that was one of the reasons for sure. Now, Cathra, that. I'm keen to hear from you because Murray was, uh, Lee, Lee's just said, I was convinced. Uh, what, what about you? What convinced you that church planning uh, was for you guys as a family and for you? Yeah, um, I think, well, it was interesting because Lee's church, like journey to kind of coming to the point of church planting was probably over a period of a year or so, probably a bit, even a bit more than that, through a ver series of events where he just heard about church planting, was more convicted that that was a, a really um, important aspect of bringing people to the gospel and, um, yeah, just growing the churches around Australia. And so he was kind of, I guess, there, and I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. I didn't really know what church planting was. I hadn't really... Um, heard of church planting much um, and then again through I guess a series of events we got I, I guess Lee kind of got offered a few different jobs in different places and a few of them were in actually in church plants 
And through that process, Lee became more and more convinced that he actually wanted to plant a church himself. And I got then, I guess, exposed to that idea because we were having conversations and I'm going, why would you not want to take these jobs? They're amazing. And he's going, oh, but I really feel like God's saying, you need to plant a church. So we started that conversation. And then I guess the end of that part was, and this is brings the congregational aspect in it again, we got a phone call from somebody within the Kong churches. Well, actually, he's not in the Kong churches anymore, but he used to be part of it, saying, would you consider planting a church with the congregational churches? Um, because there was some money that had been set aside for church planting, but nobody was, I guess, stepping up to to do it, mm. to, take, to take that on. And so we kind of laughed at first and went, I don't know that that's how we would want to plant a church. If we were going to plant a church, we might go a different way about it. Um, but... Within a week, I guess we just prayed lots about it and I came from the point of having not really even considered church planting to thinking, yeah, this is probably actually what we're being convicted to do. And Lee was like, yeah, I think we can do it with the Kong churches. And so, yeah, for me, it was actually a very quick, I guess. Mm. I don't even, and even at the end of that week, I was still sitting there going, I actually have no idea what I'm saying yes to. I don't know what planting a church means. But, okay, I feel like this is what we should do. And, yeah, that was, I and, guess, the start of our journey. <laughs> and, and actually, 16 years ago in Hull in England, Catherine was actually asked to be part of a church plant there and to be, like, <laughs> on, the, on the team, on the staff, not, and, I, and for myself to support. But we had no idea what it was. Um, so even, I think I'd only been a Christian for about six months at the time. <laughs> And I didn't know. And it was only in retrospect we looked back and went, oh, that's what they were asking us to do. That's funny. <laughs> Catherine, church planning uh, has its has its challenges, and you know there's a book church planning is for wimps. You know, obviously revitalisation work can can seem harder at some points in time, but church planning is still hard work as well. Uh, what's been the biggest challenge um, for you? Right now, it's um, I guess we're at a place where there's not very many of our core team still with us um, for various reasons. Mostly just they can't afford to live here anymore, so they've sort of moved on. Um, and I think for me, not only our core team, but other various people along the way, you know, people come and go and that's kind of normal church life. But I think I invest heavily in relationships and put my kind of heart and soul into people. And as people then move on and for them, that's great. Like they go on and I love them and I encourage them and support them in that. And there's not, mostly there's not not hard feelings towards that. But for me, I then go, okay, how many times can I keep investing in relationships with people where I don't have a guarantee that they're going to be here in a year's time or two years or three years or four years and sort of going, whereas there's actually a lot of relationships outside of church that I could be pouring my time and energy into who probably will still be here in 10 years' time. They're not part of our church, but, you know, and so how do I work out the balance of investing my time and energy and love in people Um, And doing that with people outside of church as well, which I actually think is really important. But, you know, where's that balance between me pouring time and energy into people and being hurt and then kind of just getting up and doing it again? Um, Yeah, so that's probably my challenge at the moment. Lee Lee and Catherine, you're in Westfield, Miranda. You're stuck in an elevator. There's a couple that walks in and they ask you the question, um, you know, why do we plan a church? You've got 30 seconds to answer them. What would you say? <laughs> yeah, oh, that one's that one's easy. Um, plan a church because church planning has always been a thing from 
uh, like from the New Testament, and uh, we need to not stop planting churches. Um, we've got a nation that is lost outside of Jesus, and if you're in any way wired um, to um, plant a church, then you should highly consider planting it, get assessed, uh, do all of those things just to discern that. But if you're in any way kind of thinking about it or feel wired towards that, then there's a good mission imperative. And then probably the Holy Spirit's maybe kind of encouraging you towards that way, at least to get assessed. Great. So I don't do anything in 30 seconds, Scott. That's why I was pushing you. Um, now, have, uh, Lee, have you changed your mind about anything? In terms of, uh, I've changed in, my mind. In terms of, in terms of church planning. Um, I haven't changed my mind in terms of the conviction of church planning. I think um, a couple of things that that I've changed my mind on small, but there's one main thing. Um, so, so I think that the model of partnership planning, I'm glad that we've moved as a network to consider all of these other different options of planting. I think that's what we need. I think we need rejuvenation, all of those things happening. Um, whereas at the beginning, I reckon that that was the only model that I knew. And uh, so I've changed my mind on that. If we're going to reach Australia, we actually need um, different models of church planting. We need churches rejuvenated and whatever. And probably a slightly bigger core team. We started with about 12 people, yeah. which is probably yeah. not a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a change Was that a yeah. change of mind or that's a, that's the hard reality, <laughs> the cold hard reality of life? actually a change of mind. Yeah. Well, a, well, it's slightly a change of mind yeah. because I think we were like at the early days we were going, oh, 15 people, that's probably about right. You yeah, know, yeah. 30 people, you've already got a church. That's not a church plant. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think it's a change of mind to go, actually, yeah, yeah. 30 people as a core team is still probably not that many yeah. um, and you really probably do need that. Whereas I yeah. think we looked at people planting with 30 people and going, wow, you've already got a church. That's not a church plant, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know. Great. Can you, uh, Casper, give us one encouraging story from the last seven years? Oh, wow. Um, oh, I don't think I'd think, thought of one. I looked at that question and went, oh, that, that'll be easy. We've got so many. Um, look, I think, okay, I'll give you one from the last year. We've had a, a girl that's um, actually joined us mid, mid-COVID last year. Um, really difficult background, just lots of challenges in her life, um, through her family background, but also through health, physical health, mental health, all of that kind of stuff. Um, joined us mid-COVID, just actually started going along to one of our gospel communities and watching church in a watch party with them um, mm. online and has over the, I guess, probably over the, towards the end of last year, I, I guess, through a progression of coming to a life online course and then doing a life explored course as well mm. with us, she became a Christian. And we've just seen her really grow and flourish in this last year. Um, she's, again, got lots of big challenges in her family situation that I guess suffering is one of the big things in her life that she's trying to come to terms with and really kind of wrestle through. And some, yeah, again, some huge challenges again hitting her, but it's just been awesome to walk with her along that journey and see God really faithfully growing her and that's great. That's so encouraging to hear. A key part of the vision of Geneva Push and of Reach Australia is to see evangelistic growth. We want to see people move from death to life. We want to see transform lives. So it's really encouraging to hear that story. Uh, we just want to finish the episode with just a clip from uh, the Establish Vision video. I vividly remember what it was like to walk into church for the first time. My heart was beating. I felt underdressed. 
I stuck out like a sore thumb. I became a Christian shortly after, and pretty much straight away, I knew that I needed to share the good news of Jesus, especially to people who would never consider walking into church, to people just like me. That desire took me to India on a mission trip. However, when I got back home, something hit me. We were championing people going off on mission trips, excited about them trying new things for the gospel. But we were not doing that on our own doorstep. When I came to Australia and discovered that at least 4.3 million people in Sydney alone don't know Jesus, I realized that what we needed was an army of missionaries on our own backyard. So when faced with this reality, we decided we would do whatever it takes to see as many people as possible come to know Jesus with the gifts that God has given us. For us, that was planting established church. Lee, what's the one thing you want to say about church planting? And Mary, that's just a brief sentence. Irish and brief, they don't go together. Uh, no, look, it's God, God plants his church. Right, yeah. and we've just got the wonderful privilege of being co-workers um, along with him on this journey, and, um, and and I think the more that we grab that reality, and the more that we put ourselves in our rightful place, um, not under-realizing how he might use us, and um, but also not over-realizing um, what our responsibility is and all of that. So God's the one who plants His church, um, and we get to be co-workers, which is probably one of the best things that we could ever um, do and be part of. And um, that's awesome. So you should consider doing it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Lee and Catherine. It's been great having you on The One Thing today. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. Thank you. Now, it's good. I'm just going to dive into the uh, toolbox. First thing first thing I just want to point out is um, be great if you wanted to check out uh, more of Established Church and hear more, see more of the story. Go to establishchurch.com and you'll be able to uh, check out their webpage and hear a bit more about their vision. If you're thinking about church planting, then the Planting Australia podcast is for you. Head to genevapush.com forward slash planting Australia. I've already heard from a number of people uh, that they're really finding Derek and Madeline's uh, discussion about church planting really helpful as they think about church planting. Lee talked about the importance of getting assessed. So if you want to get assessed, there'll be a link in the show notes uh, to getting assessed. Really worthwhile um, to, uh, to do that. And finally, I reckon one of the best ways to encourage church planners and encourage church planning across Australia is actually to keep hearing stories like this. So if there's someone in your church, someone part of who's part of your ministry team who you think should think about church planning, then share this episode with them and encourage them to, uh, to listen to it, uh, start praying with them and, uh, and working towards uh, seeing you know, a new church start. Now, I'm Scott Sanders. Looking forward to chatting soon.